Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Good morning and welcome to the show, everyone. It is very early Sunday morning before 7 o'clock, and I'm coming to you live to talk about the end of the Premier League season that has been obviously delayed due to coronavirus and uh, the project restart that is going on. A number of scenarios to talk through, uh, so uh, we'll get into it uh, because all the teams are playing at the same time, so you got all 20 teams playing, so 10 games going on at the exact same time, and I will explain the various scenarios and also give the lines, my picks, and uh, what I think uh, will be the fantasy uh, breakdown, uh, because we won't know the starting uh, starting 11 lineups as of yet uh, before I have to publish this episode, uh, but I'll give my approximations. But first, uh, we're going to talk... Uh, a quick uh, note about uh, the Jets completing a trade of Jamal Adams to the Seattle Seahawks. I actually have to give the Jets credit because more often than not, I would say that the Jets, you know, if you were willing to bet money on if the Jets were going to win or lose a deal, 9.5 out of 10, the Jets lose a trade. It's it's just one of the reasons why uh, everyone mocks the Jets so often is the fact that more often than not, the Jets tend to botch trades. It just, it just goes without saying. So, you know, when it comes down uh, to it, when uh, Jamal Adams starts calling out Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson, then he starts calling out Adam Gase, the team's head coach, he calls out the front office uh, for uh, being a bunch of losers and that uh, there's no winning culture uh, at the New York Jets, which is true. Uh, what he said wasn't exactly false. But when you say that, you only further diminish your trade value. The fact that the Jets were able to get two first-round picks uh, from uh, Seattle uh, and uh uh, you know, in terms of uh, 
the Hall, it's two first-round picks. Uh, uh, so uh, they get the first-round pick uh, from uh, uh, two, uh, 2021, and they get the twenty uh, uh, the 2022 first-round pick uh, from the Jets, as well as a third-round pick. It, you know, all in all, I got to say the Jets won the trade because here's the thing about this trade. Jamal Adams, all pro safety, very young. He's not even in his, he he's not even 25 yet. Very young, just the beginning the cusp of his career. So he's going to be a contributor to Seattle for years to come, uh, and I would all be shocked that they couldn't get an extension done with him. So he's going to fix a lot of holes uh, that appeared in Seattle's defense with the retirement of Cam Chancellor and losing Earl Thomas uh, last year as well. The Legion of Boom was far removed from uh, Seattle's defense last year, and their defense uh, showed it because they they were very easy to throw against. Even with Shaquille Griffin uh, and Quandre Diggs, you could pick on Seattle uh, in terms of their secondary because they just didn't have the talent all across the field to be flexible enough to do some of the things that they're accustomed to doing in their defensive schemes. So... There was a very apparent need to be addressed. Now, they traded for Quentin Dunbar, who, again, uh, is his, is in his own uh, uh, world of trouble because uh, partying in Miami, he has his own legal issues due to the fact that he was with DeAndre, the worst pick in Giants football history. The worst Overall pick, uh, DeAndre Baker, uh, you know, as I said, the worst pick for the Giants in their franchise history. Those two knuckleheads decided to rob people at a party in Miami and are still being investigated. So the NFL is still looking into Quentin Dunbar. So it's a big if that Quentin Dunbar, even if everything goes off without a hitch in terms of the NFL season, which, again, big question mark, there's a very good chance that Quentin Dunbar is going to be suspended for a significant amount of time because, I don't know, armed robbery seems to be violating the professional conduct code of the NFL. Maybe uh, Goodell looks past it, but I kind of think that there's going to be a major issue with that. So, again, big question mark with uh, Diggs. You don't know what's going to go on with the pandemic in the fall. You know, we're all hoping for the best, but let's be realistic here, folks. We're past 4 million cases in the U.S. You know, I, I keep saying to wear a mask. There's just, there's just too much going on right now that I have very severe doubts about the football season come fall at the rate we're going at. We're just not. We're not even close to slowing uh, the spread of the virus down at this stage. And and people will just seem to be throwing their hands up in the air and giving up. So I have reservations about the NFL season upcoming, which is driving me up the wall crazy. But, you know, as it stands, on paper, Seattle got the best player and it fills a need and it gives them a win-now opportunity with Russell Wilson still in his prime. I think that uh, Seattle is very dangerous from a balance standpoint in the NFC West because, A, 
Russell Wilson is that damn good. And B, the Seattle defense is certainly elevated with uh, uh, the acquisition of Jamal Adams at safety. Now, the problem is, again, I'm not sure what's going to go on this season. So, by sheer default, I think the Jets won this trade because even though I fully expect Adam Gase to be fired, uh, win, lose, or draw uh, (laughs) by the end of this Jets season because he's that terrible of a head coach, the Jets will have ample draft picks uh, so that they can actually do a proper rebuild. And again, you don't want to rebuild when you already just drafted Sam Darnold, but the Jets have so many issues to sort out. Uh, and again, I don't think Jamal Adams was wrong, but Jamal Adams was never going to stay with the Jets. So considering the amount that they got in the hall, I actually think that the Jets won this trade. I think it's an A trade for the Jets. Just because of their sheer dysfunction, I think it's an A trade. For Seattle, I put it at a B, B minus. Because here's the thing. As much as you would say, from a performance standpoint, this would be an A trade for the Seahawks, this is a win-now kind of trade. And we got so many question marks heading into the NFL season this year. I I got to put this in terms of the forecasting as, Wow, they went all in 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 a year where you could easily be driving off uh, the cliff into a chasm. Uh, You know, I I just can't give Seattle that much high plaudits for the trade. I I think you could have extorted the Jets a bit more. I don't see the rush to make this trade. Uh, Adams was only going to be continue to be more of a malcontent. And, you know, again, I don't know how many other teams were going to be that in on uh, on uh, 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 making the acquisition uh, for uh, Adams. Uh, to me, it was a very much uh, of a delicate situation that, you know, Adams uh, turned off a lot of teams. I just, I just kind of look at it as saying Seattle may have been bidding against themselves, even though there might have been teams that were looking at uh, Jamal Adams. The amount of people that uh, uh, probably could have just made the case of, you know, a- Adams uh, very realistically uh, could be uh, in a position where, you know, at the end of the day, maybe uh, not worth the trouble. I I just I just was not convinced that, uh, you know, Seattle needed to offer up as much as they did. You know, it. You know, it's entirely possible that uh, uh, they they could have uh, gotten uh, fleeced uh, or jumped ahead by the Cowboys or the Eagles, but uh, you know, and maybe even the Lions. But uh, it's <laughs> or Bill O'Brien offering up multiple draft picks because you know that would be the Bill O'Brien thing to do. I just think that at the end of the day, Seattle may have been bidding against themselves. All right, other story of knuckleheads uh, in the NBA. We got Lou Williams currently being investigated by the NBA uh, because he left the uh, the bubble environment in Orlando uh, to for some like mental excuse break absence. Uh, he he gave he did obtain a proper excuse absence from the NBA in order to leave without facing a penalty for leaving the bubble. 
What that didn't entail was going to a strip club for a party. Yes, in the middle of a pandemic, we got an NBA player deciding that it's a great idea to go to a strip club with a rapper for a birthday party celebration. So yes, the NBA is investigating Lou Williams. We got the NBA season restarting uh, in less than a week on the thirty uh, on the thirty first. Uh, less than a week. There's no way Lou Williams is going to be back uh, by the time he comes back in, and the NBA is not going to let him back in because they're going to probably for- force him to wait out the full two weeks. Lou Williams probably may have. Uh, 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 cost himself a chance to actually get any playing time before the playoffs. I don't know if that was his plan or not, but it's A, irresponsible. B, what if you even test positive? Like, you may miss out on the playoffs, dude. It, it, it I, I, like I said, I have my doubts about the NBA bubble holding up over time, but it's because of stupidity like this that we're in this position right now across the country. But be that as it may, we're going to get into the Premier League uh, uh, breakdown right after the break here. Stay tuned, folks. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. And it's time to get into the Premier League standing. So as it stands, obviously Liverpool already won the league. Uh, you know uh, they've uh, they've secured everything uh, that they set out to do, which was just win the league. Uh, they already won Champions League last year. Uh, this year was all about winning the league title. They kind of lost some steam uh, after uh, re- restarting from the pandemic, which again. This whole project restart ambitious, uh, mainly because the Premier League season all but ended uh, three months ago uh, by all stretch. Like, folks, uh, you will see, like, some of these teams I'm going to get into literally shut off uh, the motor uh, since the restart. They they can say what they want. They they just were not playing hard. Uh, And and some of the quality of these games have uh, reflected that. One of these teams being Norwich. Norwich uh, has long since been relegated. They've lost all eight league games since the restart. Uh, and, you know, they, they're a complete waste of time. So they, they've been relegated. Meanwhile, you've got the other teams at the bottom. Bournemouth tried very hard uh, to uh, survive this Premier League season. 
too many injuries, not enough talent on the roster, and they had contract issues with the players coming out of this restart. So, again, one of the things that uh, is at play here is that the Premier League season, for all intents and purposes, ended in May. A number of these teams had to renegotiate contracts with players just to extend into this project restart. Bournemouth just didn't have the money to keep some of their players, and their players kind of opted out, uh, even with the team in the relegation battle, because they looked at it and say, you know, why am I, uh, why am I going out of my way to uh, stay on when you guys aren't looking to extend me anyway and pay me and pay me some wages? You know, the problem with Bournemouth, and it happens with these clubs uh, that are on the smaller tier and they can't raise the revenue. Once you're in the Premier League and you're having to compete year after year, if you can't scale your operations to keep some of your veteran players, you have to have the academy players be good enough to supplant those regular starters that are going to be circled out of uh, the rotation. Bournemouth just did not have the young players uh, uh, capable of uh, taking over uh, the reins. And, you know, they've been in this relegation battle pretty much. Uh, since, uh, I mean, even as early as, uh, uh, early December, they were in the relegation battle. And in order to avoid relegation today, they actually need to win against Everton and they need Watford and Aston Villa to lose. They are in the worst spot of all. They don't control their destiny and they need both teams to lose. Uh, so they can get skate by on goal differential because they're only at 31 points. Villa and Watford are at 34, and the only way they can survive is by goal differential, which uh, Bournemouth should be able to do if uh, if uh, uh, both uh, Villa and uh, uh, both Villa and uh, Watford lose, mainly because. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, the, uh, the uh, like I said, the goal differential uh, should play out in uh, Bournemouth's favor, uh, all things considered. Although there is a scenario where Bour- I think Bournemouth might still get relegated if uh, Villa loses but scores enough goals uh, to stay up in a weird three-way tie scenario. But well, let's just try to keep it as simple as possible. Bournemouth need, needs to win, and they need a lot of help. As simple as that. Watford in 18th position. Uh, they need a win uh, against Arsenal. Basically win at, because uh, Watford has to uh, play Arsenal today. Villa's playing West Ham. West Ham's a guaranteed survival. So West Ham doesn't have much to play for. Villa should be able to get a W here. Watford absolutely has to uh, beat Arsenal. And the dumbest thing about Watford is the fact that they fired their manager, Nigel Pearson, with two games left of the season. Pearson was the best person to actually be able to get them prepared to steal points off of Arsenal today. You fire Nigel Pearson, heading into a matchup against Manchester City, of all teams. Get torched to the degree of 4-0. That's putting you in the relegation zone by goal differential because you lost 4-0. If you had Pearson there, maybe you actually uh, maintained the damage, so it's only a 2-0 defeat. 
that would still keep you above the relegation zone and have Villa below you. The rationale of Watford is one of the dumbest things I have ever seen a team do in soccer. It made no sense whatsoever. I don't even know why I'm getting this upset because I actually want to see Watford relegated because since they've been in the Premier League, their entire management structure is chaos. They fired a multitude of managers over their entire existence in the Premier League because they believe that you can just recycle someone in uh, and just have the players respond immediately to the change. It doesn't work that way. They they actually broke their own roster by not cycling out some of their older uh, players. They have the oldest roster in the Premier League. This team is on the way down anyway. Uh, you know, <sighs> Nigel Pearson did yeoman's work for not a whole lot of credit from his board, uh, clearly, since he got fired. But Nigel Pearson did enough work getting them out of the danger zone because they were in the relegation zone for the vast majority of this season, and deservedly so. They were worse than Norwich for most of this season. Pearson actually got them turned around, moved them up from 20th, rock bottom, into 14th place. They were actually in a relatively good spot uh, before the uh, Project Restart began. They actually won some games. Uh, but guess what? Everyone is so tight together, teams started pulling away. And, you know, if you can't get results and you're losing badly, you end up where Watford is right now, back in the relegation zone, because it was always going to be a tight battle. Anyway, Aston Villa, as I said, playing uh, playing uh, West Ham that doesn't have much to play for. West Ham got uh, got their big draw against the uh, 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 got their draw against Man United on Wednesday, uh, so they're guaranteed safety in the Premier League. Clearly, they they celebrated. I can't see West Ham putting up much resistance today, but. Uh, we're going to get into the lines. Uh, to me, Villa's in the safest position out of three. It makes the Watford situation even dumber uh, than uh, before. But let's get into the lines uh, right now. Watford, uh, essentially in a uh, pick em spot uh, because Arsenal, man, I, I just... You know, I, I look at Arsenal, and I just get more and more frustrated with the way this Arsenal season went along. Uh, our Arsenal is favored. Uh, the, uh, it is technically a home game for Arsenal. Uh, Watford's plus 280. Arsenal's uh, minus 110. Uh, you know, Watford put themselves in a terrible spot. Uh, I'm not sure if they get themselves out of it, uh, because as much as... Uh, uh, Arsenal has shown to be just completely dysfunctional this year and deserving of not playing in Europe this year unless uh, somehow uh, they win the FA Cup uh, against Chelsea. More on that to come later. I, you know, again, the fact that Arsenal is playing in the FA Cup final and yet still found themselves on the outside looking in of, of Europe when all they had to do was actually put in just a few decent performances in the Premier League that weren't that hard 
to actually find themselves in the top seven. Uh, again, just... Uh, oh, God, I can't talk about Arsenal. Can't talk about Arsenal without losing uh, losing my temper. So uh, let's just uh, leave it this way. I think our uh, Arsenal loses today. I think Watford at least... Uh, at least... Uh, uh, gets a point out of this, but I actually think our, uh, Watford finds a way to backdoor their their way into a win against Arsenal, two uh, one victory. Uh, it, it would just encapsulate Arsenal season in a nutshell. Dropping this matchup to Watford when everyone's counting them out at this point, I, I think Arsenal would find a way to uh, give Watford uh, a sign of life uh, to somehow get out of. Uh, relegation, which I don't think they will. I think they beat Arsenal and still get relegated because I think Villa beats West Ham today. Moving on, we got a matchup that doesn't really count for anything. Uh, Brighton uh, playing at Burnley. Uh, ever uh, the, the pick here is for a draw. Uh, neither team has much to play for. Uh, the over-under is at set at 2.5. I would take the under. Both these teams are just going to be looking to pack it in and, and, and call it a holiday. Uh, I, I'd be shocked if I see any kind of fireworks in this game. They they both uh, will tend to kind of play on the more conservative side anyway uh, when they're not searching for points. And like I said, neither team has much to play for here. I'd be shocked if anything goes down with this one. Moving on to Villa and West Ham. Villa... Uh, the the odds are still more tilting towards uh, uh, a draw, but Villa direct head to head. Villa is plus one thirty. West Ham's plus two hundred. Uh, like I said, the, the odds makers are more factoring in a draw here. I actually think Villa gets the point. Uh, uh, the, a, a gets the full three points here, uh, just because West Ham had their moment in the sun. I mean, the amount of celebrating they did because they drew against Manchester United, uh, you know, yeah, you stayed up in the Premier League, but man, West Ham, you got some work to do. Uh, you, you should be a far, far more important fixture in the Premier League right now than you are at the moment. And, you know, I just don't know what uh, what it's going to take to fix the, uh, fix uh, West Ham at the moment. But uh, uh, th- that's where it stands. Bournemouth. Plus two hundred at Everton, uh, plus one fifteen. Uh, Over under is at three. Uh, Bournemouth's gonna go balls to the wall here. You know, Everton could blitz them and and put up uh, three or four goals because Everton. I mean, Bournemouth is going to play fast and loose, just the way they have their entire run in the Premier League. They're gonna attack and leave them vulnerable to the counter attack. And Richarlison is very much. Uh, uh, a case uh, where you could see him from a fantasy perspective. Uh, obviously, we don't know what the lineups are going to be, but uh, I think Everton has a good chance of scoring here. Uh, the over-unders at three, I would definitely take the over on, on this matchup because, like I said, Bournemouth has to win. They're going to do everything it takes, and if not, they're going to get run off uh, the pitch. It, it's just that simple. They, they, they yeah, There is no tomorrow for Bournemouth. Bournemouth's got to do everything they can. Or get blown out. It's like just, just, just the only way to go about it uh, at this stage for Bournemouth. All right. Now talking about the delicate situation for Champions League. 
because we've got a scenario where you got Manchester United in third, Chelsea in fourth, Leicester in fifth. Leicester and Man U play against each other today in a potential knockoff uh, uh, knockoff round. Chelsea has to contend against Wolves. Uh, Wolves can't get into top four, but uh, they do have the uh, uh, the ability of uh, uh, of, uh, of uh, making Chelsea's life miserable with a victory here today. And again, the way Wolves play. Their counterattacking style is a dangerous matchup for Chelsea. Uh, I will say this. Chelsea has their hands full uh, because Wolves, if they guarantee sixth spot with a win, uh, because uh, Spurs could jump Wolves. Like, it's not like Wolves doesn't have anything to play for here. Uh, you know, they uh, they get, uh, if they secure sixth, uh, they, uh, they are guaranteed to play in Europa. Seventh, they got to go through the qualification round if uh, Tottenham uh, 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 betters Wolves. So uh, again, Chelsea, if they uh, Chelsea, all they need to do is get a draw and they finish fourth. The problem with Chelsea is that I don't know which Chelsea team shows up a, a year over uh, year over year. So it, it's a case where uh, game to game, Chelsea could. Uh, try to play this conservatively and and uh, sit back. Uh, I could see Lampard trying to uh, say, "Let's let's get the point. Let's not go too crazy over." It. But knowing the competitor Frank Lampard is, as he was as a player and being a manager, I think he tells his squad, to, "Let's go for it. We can beat this team." I think they actually go for it. Th- this one is the most interesting matchup of the day, in my opinion. Because I have a feling that that Manchester United uh, Leicester game, I think Man U parks the bus and forces uh, Leicester to try to break them down. I don't think that Man U game is nearly going to be as entertaining as uh, as people would want it to be. Um, so I think the Wolves Chelsea game that's the game to watch uh, in terms of uh, entertaining football uh, of the main matchups, and because of the weird uh, production schedule uh, on NBC. Uh, NBC. Uh, I'm not even sure which game is going to be on which. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to check the listings here uh, right now and to see how they they're going to break this one up because uh, the uh, the uh, again with ten matches going on, uh, NBC is trying to air everything at the exact same time. So. Okay, so Chelsea Wolves is on US is going to be on USA Network. Leicester Man U is on NBC. Of course, Man U got the NBC spot. United, God, United. Oh, uh, West Ham Villa on NBCSN. Uh, I guess because they want to see the relegation battle. Watford and Arsenal on the Golf Channel. Uh, Everton Bournemouth on CNBC. And then we have the remainder of the matchups either on uh, the Peacock Network, uh, which is NBC streaming service, or NBC uh, NBC Sports Gold. Uh, so that's the lineup. Wow, they aren't even doing. The, oh, they used to actually put some of these games on the other cable channels like Bravo in it. 
man, they are really pushing this Peacock Network. Uh, again, terrible name for a streaming service, but uh, NBC is the Peacock Network, uh, uh, just dating back to its history because of color television. But again, no one in the current generation is even going to know why it's called Peacock. You know, I'm getting up. Uh, I was like, I'm not even that old, but at least I know the history behind it. No one that's even in the 22 to 25 year old age demographic that you're targeting is going to know why this is called Peacock. They're going to think it's just a dumb name. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I, I digress. So here's the thing. I look at these matchups and I'm looking at this, uh, Manchester United Leicester city game. People are expecting fireworks because it's a playing game. I think man, you just parks the bus and forces Leicester to try to break them down. And I'm not entirely sure with as poor a form as Leicester has been in lately that they can actually break down Man United uh, because if if uh, if you've been following uh, the Project Restart, Leicester has been pretty much a 500 team since the restart. Man U's been the, uh, one of the hotter teams uh, just in terms of results because they haven't dropped uh, uh, points since uh, the restart. Yeah, they've, uh, they, they just had a draw against uh, West Ham. They drew against Southampton, but they were racking up wins uh, previously. And the problem is, is that Leicester, you know, they just got drummed by Spurs uh, 3-0. And their only wins came against Crystal Palace, who hasn't won anything since the restart. Talk about teams that are uh, already done. Uh, so they, they, they got uh, they got a win against Crystal Palace, and they got a win against Sheffield United, which also has been sputtering uh, since the restart. So, again, I don't know what to make of Leicester City right now because their form is so haphazard. Yeah, they got Jamie Vardy, but I don't really see Leicester getting a win here if United does what I think they're going to do and park the bus. I think they're just going to sit behind and force Leicester to actually try to break them down. Because to me, the the pathway for victory for Leicester City is Man U comes out attack and then Leicester City hits them on the counter. The problem is, is that Man U doesn't have the incentive to go out and attack. They're in third. All they need to do is uh, play it safe. You're going to go to Champions League. If you open yourselves up, then you're you're at risk of uh, getting dropped from Champions League entirely. So, uh, you know, I just don't think that's necessarily going to be entertaining football. Maybe I end up being wrong, but I'm not necessarily seeing uh, the pathway where uh, this is, it turns into uh, a very entertaining game. I think it's it's going to come down to the Chelsea-Wolves game. Meanwhile, Spurs. Oh, Spurs. Spurs fans are thinking that I'm trying to uh, actually sucker them into uh, 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 a situation where they're, they're going to get upset. To me, the easiest bet of the day is Spurs minus 180 at Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace has lost every matchup since the restart. Let me repeat that again. Every matchup since the restart, they've lost. All seven. All seven. And no, I, I don't give... Because people were trying to say that they put in a great effort against Man United. Uh, uh, 
they tried they put in some effort i could see some players working hard but were they working as a unit no this to me this is like if i'm if i'm betting on these games to me this is the lock of the day if spurs doesn't get a win against uh, palace something's like it, it it would be more of a sign that uh, Mourinho pissed off his own squad heading into this one and they just tuned him out because there's no way Crystal Palace should be able to get a, a result today against Spurs none there's been nothing from Crystal Palace today so uh as much as uh, everyone would say the lock of the day is Man City uh against Norwich which again uh you know Norwich should get blown out 4-0 or 5-0 or 6-0, depending on however many uh, goals Man City feels like scoring today because it's technically David Silva's last game for Man City because as much as they want to keep him, uh, Silva has already said he wants to retire. uh, retire, Well, not retire, but he wants to go back to Spain and basically kick off his retirement tour. Uh, You know, I... Man City is going to crush Norwich, but, you know, I would have very little concerns about betting uh, Tottenham straight up to beat Palace. Uh, You know, you could throw in a parlay with City, uh, like, scoring uh, at, like, three goals or four goals against uh, Norwich into that as well if you want to do it that way. But to me, the, the, the money is betting on Tottenham against Palace. Tottenham has everything to play for here against a Palestine that has nothing to play for and has shown that they don't care about the results that they're getting. So to me, this is the most straightforward bet of the entire slate of games. I just don't know uh, how some of these other matchups are going to play out because, again, you know, I, I would take the under in the Leicester City United game. Uh, I know it's at under two and a half. I would take the under. Uh, to me, that, that just seems to be the, the more likely scenario. Uh, Liverpool, I mean, they've already won the title. I mean, playing Newcastle, maybe they score some goals. May, may, uh, maybe they uh, just only go up 2-0 and, and and just play keep away from there. Uh, you know, L- Liverpool did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be targeting that game. But the Tottenham Palace game, the, the, to me, that's that, that's just the automatic uh, uh, play there. Uh, I'm not going to deviate from that one whatsoever. It, it is what it is. Uh, I'm I'm going hard after it. I I expect this line should should be higher. It should be higher. I don't know why it was only at minus 180. I expect this to it start creeping up closer to 200 before uh, game. T- because what else are people looking at? Like if you're looking at this objectively, Palace has not done anything in, since the restart happened. Uh, we're we're a month and a half into this, and Palace has done anything. So. Uh, like I said, uh, th- th- this is a, a pretty straightforward. I- I'm just taking, uh, I'm taking Spurs, uh, to to win this one outright. Uh, and I expect the multiple goals uh, against uh, Palace here. Uh, to me, this one's very straightforward. So, uh, that's gonna be the show for today. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, fantasy picks, again, we're not gonna know the lineups, but. I would say the guys uh, you want to be targeting would be uh, uh, Man City forwards. Uh, I, 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 you know, uh, anyone in a in a uh, midfield or forward position uh, on DraftKings for Man City, 
go after him. Marcus Rashford, uh, he's only going to be uh, 7K on DraftKings. A decent tournament play because everyone's going to be playing City players. But I'm I'm playing a lot of Harry Kane. And I'm playing a lot of uh, 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 him and Son uh, on Tottenham. I, to me, going after Palace should be the number one priority for everyone. I I, I just don't I don't see any reason why to get cute with it uh, in terms of uh, doing anything else. To me, that's the play. Uh, but uh, you know, and again. In terms of defense and goalkeeper, whatever's cheapest to uh, to make work, uh, uh, go go from there. Uh, Juan Basanka, uh, I would actually uh, take uh, uh, at four point two k. Mendy four point four k on City, uh, just because I expect uh, I expect the. Uh, City to uh, blank out Norwich and send them on their way back to the league, the league, uh, 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 the league championship. Uh, we we got Leeds promoted. We also have West Brom promoted. So to me, that that's uh, I mean, not so much West Brom. West Brom, I I could easily do without. Um, but it, you know, replacing Norwich with Leeds, I mean, absolutely that that's that's a win. Um, you know, as much as I dislike Leeds. Uh, I, I'd rather have compelling teams and uh, fan bases back in the Premier League than teams that are and fan bases that are just happy to be here, which is what Norwich is uh, for all intents and purposes. That's what they do. So that's going to do it for the show. I'm going to get this episode uploaded because uh, these games are starting at 11 a.m. on the East Coast, so not a whole lot of time left. But uh, thanks for listening, and until next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.